Sweet Tea Podcast. Here's your host, Andy Burrows. Welcome, everybody, to the bonus DC Tweet Team podcast episode. I, as always, am your host, Andy Burrows, and my very special guest today from the Team 980 and the Locked On podcast, Mr. Chris Russell. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Hey, Andy. How are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you, and uh, good to be on with you. Now, Chris, how do you, I get this quite a lot. I mean, how do you see the team is perceived within the national media? Obviously, you're there locally, the Team 980, and you've been a man that's covered this team for many, many years. But how are the Washington football team perceived uh, nationally now as well as locally? I mean, look, I I think nationally, Andy, I I think it still has a ways to go in terms of evolving away from the complete and utter debacle that it was long before last summer, but it really kicked up an extra notch last summer uh, with the sexual harassment stuff, with um, the name change and the controversy and just the way they went about things and a lot of things that had been built up, you know, over the course of, uh, of, you know, let's, let's call it 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think nationally they still have a long way to go in terms of, repairing a lot of those broken bridges. Uh, and, and and quite honestly, that's fair. They should. I think locally fans are and, and media are, are skeptical um, in terms of the total buy-in because Dan is still there as of now. And whenever Dan, a shadowy figure, is still ultimately in charge, fans and media are not going to buy into that and are going to have some distrust. And, and again, I think that's fair. However, I would say the hiring of starting with Ron Rivera, then of course, Jason Wright, uh, Julie Donaldson in the middle, uh, the firing of the people that were accused of some unsavory things, bringing in Martin Mayhew and, and Marty Herney. Now, uh, not so much Chris Polian. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to something on that. Doing all those things and the way Jason Wright really and Ron, but the way Jason Wright has interacted with the business community and the fans, especially the most ardent diehards, is really important in terms of changing that perception. You don't rebuild Rome overnight. It's going to take time. But I think locally, the perception is this is an organization finally on the way up. I think nationally, people have seen some change, but they remain very skeptical and and, and, uh, maybe out of touch with the day-to-day rhythm. And that's the best way I could put that. But yeah, Chris, does... um... Does Dan Snyder now have to, it's going to sound weird to say, but does Dan Snyder now have to take some credit for what's gone on with, uh, with, um, within the organization? Obviously he's bringing in these appointments now, or is it um, maybe a little bit after the, after the horse has bolted kind of thing? Um, You know, I, I think, look, I don't know how you feel about this, Andy. I, I think it would be wrong to, Totally blame Dan Snyder for everything when things seemingly are changing and turning around. So I'm not one of those guys that that believes nobody can change or somebody can't change. 
and somebody is always a bad person, no matter what. Okay. Um, I, I will just tell you this. I, I worked for Dan for five years and, and, you know, it's not like we had a ton of interaction, but he always treated me with respect and dignity. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Dan Snyder I interacted with and I know is a bad person. Now, I know he's done a lot of wrong things. I know he's done a lot of bad things. So I acknowledge that. And and I'm sure if if you if he actually talked and if you gave him truth serum, he would as well. That being said, I think if we're going to criticize him for all the wrong, which is more than fair, and he's done a lot of it, then you have to at least acknowledge that, you know what, it took him forever, but at least he's working, working. It's, it, it's, a, it's in progress. It's not done. It remains to be seen how, it, how long it lasts, but at least he's working to do the right thing, finally, 20 plus years into this. Again, Time will tell the ultimate difference, right? Five years from now, we might be, again, singing the same tune as we always have. Don't know. If they go 4-12 and 12 this year, maybe it'll change again rapidly. I don't know. But for right now, you have to at least give Dan some, some, I wouldn't say a lot, but some credit for doing or trying to do the right thing. Obviously, we've got Chris Poland now within uh, within the organization. Now, uh, Chris, um, obviously, he's come in uh, to the organization. I mean, some people are saying now it's great that we've got all these appointments, but um, are we now at a situation like some are saying? A few people have mentioned to me over the past week that we've got like kind of too many um, too many uh, cooks in the kitchen, shall we say, Chris? So, I mean, I understand the skepticism when it comes to Chris Polian to a less, much lesser degree than Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew in terms of their general manager records. But it's the same group that judges everything, quite honestly, by wins and losses for certain people. And then and then will make up excuses or will make up reasons of debt, you know, of defense for other people. Right. Like, for instance, if we're going to judge former GMs or head coaches or whatever, by record, the same people that were excited that Ron Rivera was coming here to try and salvage the franchise should also, I mean, why do we look at Ron Rivera in that regard, but but not Marty Herney? Not to say that they were exactly aligned the entire time in Carolina, but for the most part, they were. If we're going to be excited and juiced up, and we should, about Ron Rivera, well, then you know, for the most part, Bill, Pol- uh, Bill Polian, Marty Herney was at his side, right? And they worked together and actually Marty discovered and hired and, gr- and and mentored Ron Rivera and so on and so forth. The other thing that I would just say is, again, be careful about judging people just purely by wins and losses. Because if we're being honest, right, we could do it. I mean, if we want to boil it down to the simple and lowest common denominator, Andy, we could say, well, Jonathan Allen, man, he's been here for four years. Boy, He's a loser. This team's record is subpar with jo- is Jonathan mm. Allen a loser? Is Jonathan Allen not a good player because he's part of a bad franchise because many other things around him were not right? No, right? I mean, Jonathan Allen's a good player. He's a great leader and he's somebody wor- same thing for Terry McLaurin. Same thing for, you know, fill in the blank with a couple of other guys. So what I'm saying is you can't just judge people 
primarily by their record, wins and losses, one way or the other. And that means good and, you know, again, good and bad, because we've seen plenty of cases of guys that are successful elsewhere go to a, a different place. And for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Great college coach. Welcome to the NFL, son. It's a completely different world, right? So, and I know this is a long answer and I'm all over the place, but I'm trying to set something up mm -hmm. here. My point is, I wouldn't worry about Chris Poley and Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney, and their past records. Yes, you can be concerned. Yes, you can not absolutely believe that they're going to make every decision correct. Guess what? No executive does. But I think the think tank that, both, that all of these guys bring, working under a Ron umbrella, um, as long as Dan stays out of it and keeps his hands out of the cookie jar, I think by and large, Andy, I think they're going to make the best decisions. That doesn't mean perfect. That doesn't mean that they're going to strike out from time to time. Of course they are. But my, my point is, is you bring in all these seasoned eyes and the experience of now having three ex-general managers plus whatever Ron was last year and Eric Stokes, a former assistant GM, that's a lot of brain power, but Ron isn't bringing them in to for them to stand on the table and for them to be renegade. He's bringing them in so that they can sit around the table and say, I like this guy. Here's why I like this guy. Let's watch tape together and then see if we can come up with a consensus or if we're still split and fractured, and then we're going to go a different way. And to me, I could be wrong on this. I think when you have a think tank of more than one person, i.e. more than Bruce Allen making the final decisions. I think that's a benefit. It doesn't mean perfection, but mm -hmm. I think that's a benefit. I mean, we're definitely on the right path. I mean, we've had a, had a glimmer of hope this uh, off season, you know, we made it to the playoffs, albeit with a losing record, but um, do you, um, I mean, someone mentioned on your show uh, last week, Chris, that uh, within two years, uh, they foresee a circumstance where the Washington football team, could do a Tampa Bay and and be in the Super Bowl. I mean, do you foresee a circumstance where the Washington football team are in the Super Bowl within within two seasons? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I would tell you, Andy, that's still a long shot, I think, mm -hmm. in, in any realistic uh, opinion. But is it a no shot? Absolutely not. Um, do I give them some sort of chance? Yeah. Do I have to see what they what solution they come up with at quarterback? And here's the other thing, too. You know, what if what if against the first place schedule and and don't forget if they, you know, assuming they play the 17th game this year, not only is it a first place schedule for the 16 games, but that 17th game is against Buffalo. Buffalo yeah, uh, uh, not only a first place team, but a really good first place team. And so what if they what if they go? six and 11 this year. What if they go seven and 10 this year, which is realistic and possible. And I was saying this on my radio show with Pete Medhurst on, on, on the team 980 and people can listen to it on radio.com as well from anywhere uh, in the world. You know, if they go six and let's call it seven and 10 right next year and say Marcus Mariota is the quarterback or Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor and a bunch of other dudes, Taylor Heineke included in that and say, Alex is gone. Is Dan and is Ron 
going to have the patience to keep seeing this slow rebuild and this slow evolution of doormat and terrible franchise to respectable and commendable franchise in a lot of different ways, but not necessarily seeing the results on the field. And then does that cause panic? Does that cause you to reach? Does that cause you to do something silly and stupid? So I don't know that. So for me, what I hope, what I hope is the case is that this year against a 17 game, 16 game, whatever the situation might be, really tough schedule, regardless of who is at quarterback, what I hope is that they are a playoff contender at the very minimum, a division title contender. And if they can be 500, if they can be, if they play 17 games, if they can be nine and eight, I think that's acceptable. And I think that's a good sign that they could eventually wind up what you're talking about, contending for a Super Bowl or potentially winning a Super But you can't do it overnight and you can't have unrealistic expectations. And you also can't take a major step back this year because taking a major step back this year, I think will cause panic and fuel bad decisions like it did quite honestly in 2011 to 2012, year two and year three of the Shanahan era. Mike did not want to move up to number two and surrender all those assets for Robert because he didn't believe in Robert long-term as a pocket passer. And he was right, by the way, it's not that he didn't like Robert and didn't see the talent in Robert. That's not what we're arguing, but because they were bad in years one and two, because they reached for McNabb because some things blew up, they were six and 10, then five and 11 in year two of the Shanahan era. Then they panicked. And then they did something over aggressive. And when you panic and when you're over aggressive, you're going to make mistakes more than more often than hit home runs. And that's exactly what happened. And that's my fear where we are on this evolution chain, if you will, of the Washington football team. Chris, we've really been we've been crapped on next year. Really, if you're looking at the uh, looking at the schedule, I mean, we've got that tough 17th game coming up, like you guys have mentioned. I mean, if we win eight or nine games next season, Chris, I mean, we we've, we've really done well, haven't we? I mean, it's 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 you know, Ron Ron Rivera, Andy mentioned that the day after the season ended, less than 16 hours after his team fought its guts out and laid it all on the line and surprised everyone around the country. Ron Rivera said it that day, that moment. uh, And I believe it was kind of like his first answer or one of his first answers besides the obviously quarterback is the number one priority, (laughs) which uh, was the question I asked him. Uh, that morning or that afternoon, I should say, right after the Tampa loss. But he mentioned, and, and this might have been right after the Tampa playoff game. I can't remember if it was that night or the next morning. He mentioned how tough this schedule is going to be and playing a first ha- place schedule. And we mentioned normally you would have a first place schedule anyway for winning the division, right? But mm-hmm. when you're seven and nine and whatever, there's no discounts, there's no breaks. On top of that, what's worse about it is you play the NFC South, okay, as your NFC division. So mm-hmm. that means the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Bucks. That means the New Orleans Saints. And I understand there may be a little bit, you know, um, all right, Carolina and New whatever. I mean, we'll, you know, we'll get, and Atlanta, we'll get to that. But then you also play the AFC West, you know, and then you play Buffalo, as we t- kind of touched on. So, when you have all of these teams 
what happens is if you have a mediocre quarterback or an above average quarterback, and then when you combine injuries, now those teams might not be the same as they appear now in the rear view mirror, but then when you play them, they may appear closer in the rear view mirror, but they also may appear further i.e. San Francisco in December, when Washington was looking at that game, oh my God, you think that team was eight minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. They were nowhere near what they were because Mm -hmm. of injury, because of this, that. So, I mean, granted, it could obviously work out to benefit Washington depending on when they play these teams, but it also could work out to really hurt them if they suffer a couple of key injuries early in the year and they tried to go with a middle-of-the-road bridge quarterback and they don't have the, the special dynamic talent to overcome injury and attrition and the quality of opponents. So that's, that's the worry spot that you have moving into 2021, or at least I do, is as you ramp up the schedule of competition, can you overcome the attrition of injury and maybe the attrition of drop-off performance against higher level competition if you don't have that franchise stud to rescue you. And even if you do, by the way, guess what? Houston had Deshaun Watson last year. They won four games. So just having the franchise stud at quarterback does not guarantee you anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris, how do you see, I mean, this is quite finishing up with a little old podcast here, my friend. How do you see us drafting at uh, 19? I mean, we're in kind of that awkward position, you know. We're not quite good enough to go and get them good good guys. If we if we have to trade up, we're probably going to have to give some of our assets away, maybe. Well, could we trade back? I mean, do we stick at 19? And depending on what we've got, maybe at quarterback, I mean, how do you see the whole situation uh playing out uh, at 19. So, you know, of course, Andy, it'll depend on what they decide to do in free agency and the trade market for a quarterback, right? I think we can all, if they haven't solved the quarterback situation, at least temporarily, meaning trading for or signing a veteran Mm -hmm. in free agency or once the league year starts, then obviously I think they'll be very aggressive and bold in terms of trading up in the draft to, to find the guy that they identify, right? Who that guy is, don't know yet. Um, we've been, we've heard. I think my colleague Kevin Sheehan heard that it was Justin Fields from Ohio State. I don't personally see, even if that's the case, a trade from like nineteen to five or something like that. Yes. What I can see is, and and this is true for outside of the quarterback position as well. And I think people are going to get locked in on the quarterback position only. But I think it's fair to say for any position, uh, especially one on the offensive side and of need, is if they're sitting at 19 and say they've addressed their quarterback situation, at least on a, on a bridge basis and signed a veteran or traded for Mariota or whatever, they could easily move up from 19 to 17 to 16 yeah. to 15 to get the guy that they have targeted that might be dropping. Meaning if they have him ninth ranked overall on their board and all of a sudden they look up and they say, holy bleep, he's there at 15 or 16 or 17. That might be worth a fourth round pick to move up two spots or three. You see where I'm So Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do the big blockbuster bonanza and I would advise against it. But I think it's more realistic than not to expect that they will be aggressive if they target 
if if a guy that is dropping that they've targeted as a position of need and somebody who's got a top 10, top 12 type grade on them at a position of need and he's all of a sudden there at 15 or 16, that's where I think they seize the opportunity to move up. I don't see 19 to four as has been rumored and mocked in many places. I see 19 to 15, 19 to 16, somewhere in that range. And again, for more than just the quarterback, that's just me kind of trying to use common sense and how they operate and think I'd be very surprised if they go from 19 to four, 19 to three for an unproven NFL quarterback. Chris, I can't thank you enough, my friend, for coming on to our podcast today, buddy. I am a big admirer of your work. I know there's been a lot of change over there in the in, the, in radio land, but uh, keep killing it, my friend. Uh, I listen to you guys daily over here. I enjoy your I enjoy your podcast that you do with David. So thank you so so much for uh, for coming on and uh, and uh, spending some time with us today, buddy. Andy, that's very kind of you. I appreciate you and uh, glad to be on with you. Anytime you need, you know, uh, need me to rant and rave for 20, <laughs> 25 minutes. I'm glad to see you're having some success and, uh, you know, we'll get you on, on the, on, on, on the uh, other side of the pond and on the reverse side here. Uh, but I appreciate you and I appreciate all the good words and to all the, you know, Washington football fans in London and, and, and overseas, you know, all I can tell you is I, I do think things are, are on the up. Be realistic, be realistic, have your foot on the brake pedal, right. But not slamming on the brake pedal, uh, but be realistic. And I, I think, I think this organization is heading in the right direction. Just be realistic. And hopefully we'll get to talk about a Super Bowl at one point over the next couple of years, that type of thing. Chris, if we are talking Super Bowls, I hope I'm at a bar with you uh, having a pint that we can talk about Super Bowls, my friend. I'll buy you that pint. How about that? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to today's bonus episode of the DC Tweet Team podcast. I have been your host, Andy Burrows. Till next time, everybody, stay safe. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.